Take a look at. Speaking of White Castle. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, I could go for some right Go on. Mm. Bradley loves White Castle. You, you like White the sliders? Castle. Irrationally so. <laughs> uh, you know what? I like the way you think, Brad. Maybe we could literally, what's it, like a two hour drive to, how far away is Six Flags? About two and a half yeah. to get to that last one there, yeah. Because you're literally like stand in front of Six Flags and be like, all right. They're like, you going to go into the rides? Fuck no. There's no. a White Castle right there. No, it's, it's like uh, <laughs> that. That is my ride. It's like National Lampoon's Vacation where they're like, the, oh, you're going to look at the Grand Canyon? Yes, great. Let's go. Look, get the grand <laughs> Let's see. I'll take a crave case. Uh, you guys want anything? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, seriously, I, I was uh, like, literally, I would be in St. Louis this very weekend if uh, something hadn't gotten rescheduled. I have been looking forward to White Castle for weeks. If, if you're not buying a suitcase of tiny hamburgers, <laughs> your life is shit. <laughs> and if you Freak are on. buying a suitcase, your life will soon be <laughs> yes, shit. Well, that's, that's it. That's it. So <laughs> I got one of the funniest things ever that, that uh, happened to me, happened in a White Castle. And, and uh, that one, in, uh, not the one in my uh, Six Flags, it's the one in uh, Creep Core, I think, or Fenton. Anyway, as you're going a little further in, and uh, this is the three o'clock in the morning, and it's after a trip to because that's when you get white yeah, castle. Yeah, it's yeah. After, after a trip to the east side, um, I was the the east side. What's over yeah. there, Sean? Oh. Well, there's a, there's some factories and some industry. This particular industry sounds great. For various reasons, I was driving. Uh, I was the sober chauffeur, right? <laughs> so I'm driving this van full of uh, dudes who were at a bachelor party. <laughs> my brother's my brother's bachelor party. And so we were on the way back. We're driving back at this point, okay? And so, and so I, I was like, part of the deal is if, if I do this drive, I'm going to White Castle at some point while I'm in St. Louis. And so we stop at this thing, and we go inside, and half of these guys haven't had White Castles before. But it, that's not even the point here. It's the funniest thing. Where the, these guys are all drunk, right? And they they don't know what's going on. Um, and and they uh, there's one of those Coke machines that you can choose all the different varieties of. You know like, what I mean? Like cocaine machine? Yeah, no. Oh. Uh, that, <laughs> We're not, we're, we're on from the east side. Oh, we're not in the east side. Okay. Okay. And so it's the one where you get all the different choices, like a hundred different choices and and whatever. And and so these guys are all just drunk. And it's the first time a bunch of these guys had ever seen one of those things. And they go up and it was like, they're trying to figure out how to use this thing. And it was like the scene from the beginning of 2001 where the monkeys are, are slamming on the, on the model. They're correct. It's just like that. Oh, <laughs> it's just, I was just sitting in the corner, delightfully eating my White Castles and going, that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Sean comes uh, over to distract him with a White Castle burger food, mm-hmm, yeah. holds it out, like, well, come with me. <laughs> Some of them are eating White Castle for the first time. And, like They take a big old bite, and the guy's like, what have you given me to eat? <laughs> you know, it's like, fuck you, buddy. That's the best shit ever. Mm. Wait, somebody was drunk and didn't like White Castle? I know. It's weird, isn't it? I, I couldn't they must have been, the mind. leave them behind. Must have been sobering up, you know. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open... The Adventurer's Vault. 
All right, welcome back, Vault Dwellers. If we recall, at the end of the last episode, our intrepid adventurers had just finished an epic battle, dinosaurs versus demons. And while all of the dinosaurs seem to have won the day, the victory has been quite devastating. Lots of dead dinosaurs, lots of wounded dinosaurs. And indeed, as soon as the battle dies down, your mounts, they, they don't, not like viciously, but they kind of urge you off their back. They're, you know, get the fuck off. Uh, nothing quite so violent or angrily, but they very quickly want to run and and do what they can yeah. for some of the the wounded dinosaurs. And you see that they they do the weird thing where they go over and they you know they nuzzle and they they prod like animals do, but then they literally start licking wounds. And it takes you a minute to realize that it's actually having an effect. There is an actual healing effect when they do it. It's not super dramatic. Uh, say it's not as good as you know what Father Becker's healing is now. But maybe you're healing back when you were a lower level. Mm. So it actually is having some some impact. But it's only these these elder dinosaurs that have that. I want to mention that, I mean, I'm not going to spare healing for the party. But I'm also going to uh, see how many dinosaurs I can try to save using a combination of stabilized battle medicine and low-level healing to try to also <clears throat> heal as many uh, of the dinosaurs as well. And, and indeed you can. Uh, you know, and uh, Haytham, I know you have the, the ability. They they will definitely let you. When you get to the, the non-elder dinosaurs, you run into a little bit, because some of them are a little skittish, especially the wounded. You know, you're trying to tend to, they're jerking away. Mm -hmm. And not that they would intentionally try to hurt you, but, you know, when something like a, a stegosaurus flinches. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I get shot 10 feet away. It's so part th of it. there are some really tense, nervous moments as that's going on. But you guys are able to do what you do. And as you're doing this, this kind of weird thing happens. Uh, and actually, for some odd reason, it happens almost to Roddy first. There is a, actually like a raptor comes walking up to you. One of these very snarling, dangerous-looking raptors. Yeah. <laughs> Draws a sword, probably. <laughs> and you realize, you remember, uh, that, you know, there was a point in that, uh, you know, in that battle where... There, you know, there was there towards the end where there was a demon, and you came in and uh, you know you had your Spinosaurus smack this demon, and there was a raptor getting ready to get eaten. Yeah, and you think this may be that raptor, and it comes over and actually kind of like bobs its head and almost bows to you, and you see other dinosaurs coming and they want to be near you guys, and yeah. especially they want to be near Father Becker. They're giving you room, but it's almost like there's this entourage, and they do they keep lowering their heads. And they, they keep you know giving those those uh, those positions that show that you're you're in command you're in charge. Anytime like one of the other dinosaurs like licks like a dinosaur try to heal like Roddy tries to stick his arm in <laughs> to like get a little taste like yeah, you know what you can try you can try licking the wound after he's done maybe you'll get some of that no I'm trying to get I'm trying to get some of that healing yeah no, I got <laughs> but like the, the 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 raptor walks up he's like oh hello you're the one I call blue. I would have gutted you, yes, I would have, I would have cut you in half. It like nuzzles his head. And then, and these guys don't seem to understand. Now, the elder dinosaurs, when you speak, you now realize they, they understand you. And in many ways, Father Becker, if it gets to it, you can somewhat understand them back. It's not quite speech, but it's a little more intuitive for more you. empathic, and, maybe? Yeah, and, concepts. And it's almost, yeah, that empathic mm -hmm. ability. Uh, but the others, like you, kind of can. Like you, after a while, you're like, okay, head bob is happy. But Father Becker, it's way more personal for you. I will tell them. I'll make a point to seek out each of the four elder dinosaurs and tell them, um, thank, thank them, and tell them they they did good. They they honored Emerin today. And even they will bow before you. They they lower their head, but then they go back to work. They sure. they 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 have lots to do. Um, they don't ignore you by any means. And this can go on for some time because unfortunately there is a lot. Well, a lot to tend to, but the valley is calming down. 
And I, I might mention stabilize, of course, is a cantrip, so I can do an unlimited number of times on the dying. And there are unfortunately way there are far too many that were gone. Yeah. But there there indeed were some that you could save. Um, you know, you can't. It's, it's there's a certain amount of time factor yeah, there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, but you are able to save some, and everybody seems very. Like, this is noticed. It's appreciative. Um, but like so there are still going to be a lot of dead dinosaurs. Sure. I uh, I'll definitely at some point go over it and just kind of pat the hide and spend a little bit of extra time, not distracting him from its work, but uh, essentially acknowledging my appreciation to that Triceratops. Because I mean, I got to be honest, all those dinosaurs were amazing. But boy, I, I like that. I like that uh, Triceratops. He was that. He, first of all, wow, what a powerful beast! And uh, second, um, but well done, buddy. And you, especially Father Becker, you really like you feel at home here. Mm-hmm. Like everything about this is just feels right for you. This this feels very much made for you in many ways. I think I'm going to build a like a like a vacation house. Here. Uh, well, Hatham is like Hatham like at that T Rex is at the ground has like been like white knuckled and almost like almost like. Like he's forgotten to breathe. Like, oh my god! And like, gets off and just he pacing, pacing around back and forth a little bit, frustrated. And I like, like goes to like kick a rock and like go. Oh, <laughs> my, my toe! God damn it! God fucking damn it! Language was that it? Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, he like limps over to Roddy. And he's like, Roddy, are you alright? You got you really, really good there. I've been, uh, I've been better. Right, here, here you go. Just, here, I'll take care of this. Sorry, it's all, it's all my fucking fault. Why? Well, I mean, I, you saw him. He was in the sickle and now he's not. I, I ate him. The world was already full of demons. And, like, Roddy, like, looked like, they're kind of standing next to one of the giant demon corpses. And, like, Roddy reaches <laughs> down and the thing's got, like, a nose ring. And Roddy just, like, fucking rips it out. And like shakes the blood off, oh and it's like big enough to be like an armband. And he's like, "None of that matters. What matters here from on out is how to slay an axe." I guess so. It's still hard not to blame myself though for this. And there is a moment in there where, as Hatham is doing this, uh, you realize, you know, when Gronganok was on the field, you not just saw him, but you felt him and sensed him. Mm-hmm. And as he fled, it didn't actually go away. You know where he is. Ooh. He's far away and he's moving further away. You know this. But you know, you you sense him, you feel him. And it's not growing weaker. Hey, Tim, all I'm going to say is he won one. But today, you won one. So the score is tied. Hmm. That's maybe a good way to look at it. Anytime at the end of the day, you didn't die. You got time to make it right. I guess I need to break a tie sometime then. You're goddamn right. <laughs> I don't know how we're possibly going to catch him though. I mean, he's. Two out of three. I mean, he must be over the. Must be, I don't know, five miles at sea at this point. Six. Oh, don't worry, Hunter. You'll see him again. You know you will. And like, Hatham like says the distance out loud, like, like he's positive. Yeah. And you realize that you are. Like, you're like, wow, that's pretty. It's a rough estimate, but yeah, I know where he is. That's pretty precise, hey? Yeah, it was. Do you think you can track him? I know I can track him. Then I guess that does make you the hunter. I know exactly where he is. Yeah, it turns out there is a there is a perk to this. <laughs> pretty specific to the whole hunting demon thing, but... Keep managing. 
<laughs> Stop poking there, it hurts. <laughs> All right, well, are you guys, uh, what's your next move here? Um, actually, I've got a question. What's that? Out of curiosity. Is it, is, does the, does the book refer to it as a brontosaurus or as an apatosaurus? It does refer curious. to it as a brontosaurus. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I know. I, there's, yeah. I mean, I'm cool with that because I have trouble remembering that a brontosaurus is an apatosaurus. Had its name changed. Well, there's a fair amount of controversy over all of that, uh, which is an interesting read in its own right. But I went with what was published in the book. I'm just and, curious. And that is honestly, it's the image that most people go with. You show somebody that most people are going to call it a brontosaurus. Yeah, nerds. I mean, technically, if the brontosaurus is not a real creature, this is a fantasy yeah, setting. Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> really exactly right. right. Like you're getting yeah. into some some pretty good dinosaur geekery yeah. here. Uh, on on this level, but yeah, that's some nerd. But they do, they do call it a brontosaurus. So I yeah, you right. Name. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, the legitimate thing I was going to say is, huh, gosh, you know what? Do you think that these are all the demons that they uh, were summoning um, at the um, at their stronghold there on on uh, Faradon? Oh, sure. I sure hope not. Hey, hey, them. You know the answer to that. <laughs> is what? the answer yes? I know the answer to that. What is the answer to that? Uh, this is not all of them, but this is some of this them. This is not all of them, but it's some of them. Is it a fair number of them? Uh, this this hurts their forces significantly. Let's uh, put it that way. This, this hurts their forces significantly. Let's put it that way. What a shame we couldn't mount an attack on them now whenever they're at their lowest point. Because they'll, they'll, they'll continue to gate in more, I'm guessing. Which means... Um, Probably. It's What a shame we couldn't have a strike force to go in and fuck some people Wait, up. Father. Or, yes. I hate you. <laughs> I just realized. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, also that. Yeah. <laughs> what? What'd I do? No. No, we're fine. We're fine. I'm just... It's just... I think I I think I can see where this is going, and I don't like this. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll find I, out. Well, I'll repeat it. <laughs> then, you know, this is a... If only we could cap some sort of strike force, because now that they're lowest of their demon levels, their container of demons is... I, I'm sure Craven will work it out. <laughs> we need to be able to communicate with him somehow. We need a sending spell. He's got this under control. Flashback to him. And it's going terrible. F- like flash to Holbeck. It's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. People this is fine. Screaming cold. and running around in circles. Like, no, like, the town's fine, but, like, the entire town is standing around one house that's on fire. <laughs> that's my fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> the house. The house. And Roddy just twitches, like, on his way back, the demon's like, hey, by the way, <laughs> fire. So, uh, where, where, where are you going? You've got, uh... I mean, we we have achieved leave. everything in the valley we wanted to do, right? Then we need to go back to Naga. I mean, we need to... As far as you know, it's pretty much the only way out of the valley. Yeah. yeah. What's what's our next clue? We gotta go to the next thing. We gotta go back to our ship. And we got not enough time to do it in. Nope. Nope, we need to um, move with all haste. I mean, we might be I, able to stop at the Dwarven City on the we, way out, but yeah, you got to get you. I mean, the only way you know to get out of here is to go through it. Yeah. Um, make a, a quick mention that we each got what like five hundred in gems. Uh, the gemstones in total that you found are worth two thousand gold pieces. How you split that up is um, uh, is up to you. Might do a little shopping off screen. Yeah, we can do a little bit. Uh, we'll we'll get to that, but. Um, so yeah, hold that thought. Okay. One thing we may need to consider at some point is um, whether or not uh, we want to start thinking about a material component for a raised dead. It's something to consider. I mean, I know that's lame. What, what is it? Uh, let me look it up. Okay. Um. So you guys are going to head on back. Let's let's do that. We can, we can do that via email. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that in between. Um. Roddy just knows based off everything he's learned, he's got to get back to the water. 
He's got to get back to the sea. And you do feel like more urgency in that yeah. than than you felt before. You don't know if it's having been away from it or if there's something new, but it, it it's a stronger pull than what I, you had. I've got to get back to the sea. So you, as you guys head back, the journey back to the valley is easy and uneventful. The creatures there, which have somewhat dispersed back, now treat you with def- deference and respect. They keep their distance, but many venture close as if they, they are drawn to you. On several occasions, you're fairly certain a dinosaur bows to you. And even the raptors leave you alone, though they can often be seen uh, you know, sitting nearby as if to impress you. you know, I, they seem to be kind of strutting I, around. Actually, I think at like one point, Roddy like walks up to like 10 of them, and you just see like Roddy and the raptors running. Like, because I cannot mm-hmm. run these guys, mm-hmm. and they're just running, like hauling ass through the, the jungle. And they do, like, they, they very much want to follow you. They, yeah. They, they, they're doing that thing where they're no longer aggressive, but yeah. they, they strut around and they preen and they, they you know, they try to look I, impressive. Roddy, Roddy tries to race the raptors. Run through the jungle by yeah. CCR starts playing. Yep. Uh, But in many ways, the path before you has been cleared, and it's an easy walk back to the entrance. As you travel through the dark cave, it's uneventful, and you usually find yourself standing before the door back in the Nagast. And the door even opens with an easy push. You find yourself once again in a large hall of many doors. It looks very familiar, but far less active. While some doors mill around, most seem to be only passing through. Near the now-closed main gate are many tables of armed dwarves. Ishirian... You immediately recognize this as the look of lounging soldiers awaiting their next turn at a guard post. Hmm. There are several uh, odd moments before anyone notices you. Uh, Finally, you see an armed dwarf staring at you for several long seconds as if processing the sight of four non-dwarves standing inside this room. Yeah, I was going to say, they're closed. (laughs) We just walked in. He finally reaches over and turns the head of a dwarf seated next to him. Just physically, you know, grabs his head and turns him looks that way and says to him in Dwarvis, are you saying this? And the seated dwarf like takes a moment, look, and literally does the spit take, spits the drink out of his mouth and jumps up and starts hastily yelling, intruders, intruders! And dozens of startled and now armed dwarves grab weapons and, and shields, shouting <laughs> shouts of alarm begin to echo through the halls. And within moments, um, you remember tens and thousands of dwarves live here as hundreds of them come running towards you with weapons drawn. Oh my god. I'll pipe up in Dwarvish, like, uh, hang on, hang on, there's been some misunderstanding. It's all right, we're, dirt merchants, diggy diggy hole. We're back. Diggy hole. <laughs> Roddy, Roddy, please, you're going to get us all killed. Oh, right, right, hello, hello, how are all of you? We're, we're back. They, Nothing and, to be concerned about. And they don't about. immediately attack, but very quickly you are, like, there is a phalanx of dwarves in front of you. Yeah, I'm going to try something. Go ahead. Rich, does this building look 100 years older? You know, it does look very different. In many ways, it's similar, but it it does not look like the way you remember it. Uh, I want I want to recite that that poem uh, uh, back to them. What, what was it? Nine, 99 mm-hmm. doors. I got 99 problems with a dwarf ain't one. Uh, 299 <laughs> and one. I think I had it written. Two ninety nine oh one, twelve and none, one by the sun, two by the moon. Ring any bells? And you actually see looks of confusion, and several of them kind of glance at each other, like, wait, 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 what, what, what? <laughs> and one of them, and you hear him shout, actually, in common. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah, I said yeah. it in Dwarvish. You, you said in Dwarvish, but the one replies in common. Well, and, and it's kind of that rusty common. Yeah. What, 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 explain yourselves. We, we, please, don't, don't harm us. We mean you no harm. In fact, 
we bring you the blessing, blessings of uh, Emeryn, primal god of the earth. And I'll have my, my holy symbol on display, and I'll have my hands raised in a peaceful gesture. And while this is going on, like, sounds of alarm are still, you know, you still hear people shouts and calls, and more people are entering the room. Um, you know, you, you're not surprised if there's probably not more than a thousand dwarves in this room now already. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them are just clamoring to see what in the hell is going on. Um, so go ahead and give me a... Um, How about a diplomacy a check? diplomacy check there. Well, guess what? You know what? One of the skills that I... Uh... Can I assist with that? And like, Roddy's assist is going to be like, he pulls out one of those ge- like big-ass gems. Mm-hmm. And he's just holding it in his hand, spinning it a little bit. We got money <laughs> like, to spin. Let, letting the light glint off of it. We're going to ruin your economy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, go ahead. Can I assist? <laughs> what do I got to make for an assist? Yeah. That, that is a nat 20. Oh, there we go. No, so, uh, never yeah. mind. That says yeah on that die. Yeah. Um, did you add something? Uh, what do you got to make for an assist? I got a 19. I think it's it's like higher these days. Yeah, it, it is. It's based on the DC. Uh, so what would your roll have been? It's order? a 19 total. It's a 19 total? Yeah. Uh, that's not going to be enough for to, to do much here. So but. literally, Rod is like, oh, look, it's a shiny rock. <laughs> you. And they're like, kill dirty, him and take his, take you, his diamond. You dirty, dirty dwarves. <laughs> like he's, got, he's got a gemstone he's spinning, and he... He happens to notice all the other guards are like also holding gemstones. Like, get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Shireen this whole time has just been sitting there, like slowly puts his hands behind his back. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, just, accept, we accept, and no. He's just sitting there, like slowly eyeing up the lines and looking for like where there's going to be sections of where the flanax is coming together, but then there's going to be break points where there's less soldiers, and he's like. <laughs> All right. So trying to Sharon's like, I could take them. <laughs> like, I don't need. I don't need to stop all of them. I just need to get an opening, and you three get out. And that's the bare minimum. If we can just climb ten feet, we're essentially invulnerable. Dwarves. <laughs> all right. What that? What that rolling up being? Uh, Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Oh my god! Yes. Hell yeah. So there, there's noticeable confusion amongst the dwarves. Uh, you know, even the guy that that kind of kind of challenge you he stopped to look around like they they're not certain what to do here apparently in whatever contingencies they had arrived to this was not covered in the daily briefings mm-hmm. what to do i'm sure in this situation and then finally you hear some more shouts and calls but these aren't the shouts of alarm and you hear people uh having the crowd make way and there are people coming coming towards you uh one of them is uh looks like an fairly elderly female dwarf it's kind of hard to tell they don't they show their age a little little differently uh but she definitely doesn't look young she has two beards oh god um she she makes her way to the front with a with a few dwarves (laughs) with her and she has an oddly soft female voice for a dwarf they're usually very harsh the ones you've heard before not that there's been very many of it uh so you're a little surprised at how soft it is and she gestures Welcome to the halls of Nagast. It's been a long time since we've hosted outsiders, yet your visit is not totally unexpected. I am Adrilla, and my father prophesied your coming. We've been waiting for a sign. Is the great battle finally upon us? It is. Thank you for your welcoming us, uh, and and we we're sorry that we bring you such such dark tidings, but. Um, we are so grateful that you would uh, allow us into your into your home. What was your father's name? My father was the great priest Duadir. Oh, I have. Pop says, "What's up, uh, <laughs> madam?" I, I I cannot tell you how happy I am to um, to hear that he was my predecessor, um, and 
I have met your father's spirit. Give me a perception check. Okay. <clears throat> Can anybody do that? Um, yeah, but Father Becker's going to get a bonus. But yeah, you guys can make it too. Oh, what? That's what? another nat 20. Oh, what? So oh my god. Yes. That's, holy Jeez. crap. Dwarves and I, we were like, I mean, yeah. it would be like really cool if you could do that in combat. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> but also, this is great for each other, brother. I um, hear you. I guess I suck on toast. So there is an almost imperceptible moment there when you say that he was your predecessor, mm-hmm. that you almost see a twinge of pain. Oh, because he went crazy and... Um, you, you, you pick up several things. Yeah. His, his last days were, were painful for her, but maybe she's a little disappointed that it wasn't her. Ah, you also have found a jealous, (laughs) jealous, but at the same time, she doesn't, I, she holds herself together. She's very professional and very polite. And you don't sense any fakeness in that. You just notice that, that moment of like, there's a little pain in that for her. Well, I'm, I, I don't really know what to say at this point. I don't have any, you know. I, though I, I'm the bearer of the of the the gem, the, the source. Um, I don't have any recollection of him and his personality. Coming and you know, through. and you feel like she's probably understanding of that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that there isn't a part of her that, you know, she thought she was going to follow in her father's footsteps, and that wasn't what it was meant to be. At some point, if we have a private moment later on, even just for a moment or two, I might have something to say to her. But I assume it's not appropriate to say in front of everyone. And, and she has this moment where she kind of turns around and addresses everybody, uh, and she says, you know, these these outsiders are were, were known to arrive, and they should be welcomed here. And it really does seem to calm the dwarves down, and there's some conversation among them. Um, you know, you might be able to catch a few words. I know a couple of you speak dwarvish, uh, so you'd catch a few things here and there, and, and basically you sense that these are some elders, some leaders that are having a quick conversation um, and finally, she turns back around and she says, "Please forgive us. This, these are sudden and startling times." Um, but and they kind of shoo away many of the guards, and you know, not completely effectively get some of the other dwarves to disperse. But it's no longer this threatening situation. She says, "We must, we must take a few moments to reflect and decide what to do." But you are free to roam these halls, or at least this hall, um, and as long as you promise to be respectful of your position and situation here in August. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your, your generosity today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and some of the doors, like I said, they kind of disperse, but there's a lot of them that are still kind of, you know, what's up, and they break up into little knots of, of speaking dwarves. Um, and you guys really don't have much to do other than watch some of this unfold. And after several minutes, Adrilla comes back over to you guys um, and says, it, it is it is good to see you. It is is good and troubling to know that the times are finally ready to change. So, uh, but unfortunately, here in Nagas, things are are not always easy. Sure, that's uh, that's the case. Um, I know that your reasons for closing were were important, and they were what you had to do at the time. But it, it is true that darkness is rising outside and it's a darkness that will eventually overtake everyone. It'll it'll flow into every forest, every plain, and, and down into the tunnels beneath the earth. In fact, some of the evil we know originates from deep beneath the earth. Um, we can give you more details if you'd like, but... Um, Your walls will not protect you from the unraveling of the pact. She kind of nods in agreement to a certain degree. She said, it was the wise among us long ago who decided we should retreat 
We need to save our strength for the great battle and not diminish ourselves in the in the small skirmishes leading up to it. It's why we're here, but... Roddy bristles at that, just because he was there, you know? No, no, yeah. I mean, it, it's... But he it, understands. It's controversial. Yeah. Um, Seeing that, I'll, I'll say, it was a hard choice to make, but it may well have been proven the wisest. I tend to agree, but not all of those in charge feel that way any longer. Some of them have have come to different viewpoints over our long years of isolation. It's not always easy to be cut off from the outside world, either. Uh, at this point, we are in no agreement that we are prepared to sally forth. I'm afraid it's going to take much to convince some of the others. Could we speak to the uh, Council of Elders? We're not really organized that way, but we do have elders. Uh, I think many of them will, will side with me that it is time to go forward with the original plan, but there are some who hold out, and they hold much sway. Many dwarves listen to them, and many dwarves follow them. What would they even be holding out for? I mean... They have their reasons, and some of them would be more misguided than others, but... It must be simpler just to remain isolated. Some believe that. Some believe that these halls will protect us. Some believe that the old myths are just that. But they must understand, at a certain point... There will be no no hiding. I mean, if the walls themselves are unmade down to the foundation of their, their being. Hopefully we can help them understand. I think if we were to tell them our story and what we've experienced and what we've seen, that um, maybe we can we help convince them. And maybe it will take just that. I've been speaking for many years and mixed results, but maybe... The four of you and your sudden appearance here, maybe it is destined that you are going to convince them. We can try. As maybe it must be. Well, gather whoever we need to talk to. You. Where's the McGinty's? (laughs) (laughs) What's this McGinty's you speak of? Um, And indeed, at some point, I'm like, let the world unravel. We stepped on whatever butterfly... Back then, <laughs> it caused, uh, I don't know, McGinty's. what R- Roddy smashes the necklace. <laughs> the original McGinty to just Let have the a world heart be unmade. It's not one of donuts. One of donuts. And some, you know, some people do bring out like a little tr- tray of food. It's not much, but it's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Are these mushrooms? Did I ask for fucking finger foods? Mm-hmm. Do, do you have, um, liz- is that lizard on a stick? You, you feel like this is less <laughs> a feast and more just enough to be polite? But it's food. I mean, it's not bad. Old ah, divs are served. Let me buy a bottle of booze. Goddamn. Guys, I, I've still got some uh, shrimp in my pockets from that orc uh, aisle. No. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. It's fine. No. It's that, fine. I mean, they smell a little funny. No, you you have just created a level five poison right there. <laughs> Give it to Atham. They taste funny. I'm uh, not going to say Poison a bolt with that. <laughs> so Adrilla looks at you, and uh, she says, if you are indeed willing to help, I would start over there. And she points across the room. Because remember, this room is just massive. Mm. So you kind of have a lot of knots of, of dwarves gathering and talking and a lot of discussions happening. She said, the lass over there, that's Sidoran Ironhand. She's the matriarch of the Ironhand clan. Expert miners, but they've become isolationists. They see no reason the dwarves need contact with the outside world. They believe everything that we need is here. But be wary. They're not a very religious lot. They believe in the, the hammer and the stone and the ore and the forge. Sidora Ironhand? Sidoran. 
to Doran. Yep. All right. So we may not be able to sway them with the religious aspect. So it may be a good thing to, um, what do we, um, play up the opportunities for, well, the, the fact that there'll be battle. I mean, but what, actually I'll ask, there, I'll ask isolation. So, um, yeah, but there's an entire continent that could be mined, unclaimed territory. No, let's give it a shot. Also, you have one ace in the hole, and that's you could probably cause this whole place to start shaking. <laughs> well, if it, I'm going to break down on them. <laughs> I'll show you. May it's the like, Dark Lord forever rule. Ah. I mean, if, if these walls can't protect them from you, they won't protect them from the ending of the world. Yeah. Right? yeah. One guy versus, like, I mean, you know, like an army. Mm-hmm. Like one guy can fuck it up. You know, too, if we were to bring about the, if, if the, if Emeron were to, were to fully emerge, and it would become a force again in the world, who better to lead them to the choicest pockets of rare gems and minerals than, um, oh, than the god on, of the earth itself? Head on over and plead your case. All right. Greetings. Um, we we we. I mean, give me a second here. And keep in mind that you're not just convincing her. There is right. a knot of yeah. followers around her. So. Greetings. Th- thank you for allowing us to to be here in your presence today. We, we seek Sidoran Ironhand. And and indeed, she nods at you and says, I am she. Give her a respectful bow and say, um, we appreciate the opportunity to speak to the leader of, of such a prodigious clan. What is it you have to say? Be quick. Outsiders... Don't belong here. I'm gonna glance at my companions. Like, if you guys have anything to add, go we ahead, so. we do need to be quick because the world's ending, and we don't have a lot of time to waste. Uh, we we know that. Um, you want to make that an intimidation check? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm. My companion is correct. We bring ill tidings today, and for that we apologize. But um, we, we have to tell you what is going on outside in the world. Um, the armies of darkness are are rising. Demons cultists, um, all manner of foul creatures, pirates, and you might say to yourself, well, that's a good reason for us to remain where we are. But the fact of the matter is, this is a tide, this is a tide of evil that that will not recede. Um, It will seep into every crack, every crevice. It may bring the mountain itself down around you. Um, The the only way to to stop this is to um, take it head on, is to fight, you know, to use the tools of iron and steel uh, to uh, to oppose these forces, and for that, um, we need uh, we need stout miners uh, at our back and in the forefront. And let me also tell you this: I bring you the tidings in goodwill of Emberon, uh, primal god of the earth. I am his avatar, and he is rising. And um, if we are successful, who better to help the the dwarves who uh, who, who are a part of this force um, to find riches in the earth than the god of the earth himself? All right, give me that diplomacy roll. All right, now watch, watch me tank it now that it's super critical. Well, not terrible. Um, so uh, that's going to be a 26. Um, a 26, that's pretty good. Um, there are degrees of success on these. Yeah. Um, so she still is looking at you kind of harshly, but you see a number of the dwarves in that net group of people uh, change their demeanor. Mm-hmm. You, you feel like a number of them are, are more questioning what you're saying and what they've been saying, and even some murmuring among them, among themselves. And uh, she says, you're, you're saying nothing anyone has said before, yet 
Long we have dwelled in these halls in peace and harmony. Why do we believe your portents of grave futures are any less wrong than those who've come before you? Because your defenses haven't been tested. The evil rises now, and it is everywhere. We just fought a, an army of demons outside your um, citadel, and if, if we had not had timely help, who knows what they would have done to this island. How would you know if the world was burning around you if you got your head buried in the sand? Um, so, everybody give me a perception check. Uh-oh. About a 31. Uh, yeah. Uh, 31 over... So when you 16. talk about battling the army of demons outside you, you, like, see several dwarves look at each other uh, as though they they made some sort of a realization. And not even just those, like, a number of round, like, that something clicked for them when you said that. Hmm. Yes. <clears throat> demons. Um, demons of all types. And <clears throat> though we were able to drive back part of the host, we know that more, more still exist in the world. And... Um, and she more, says, more will come. I'm sure you were able to drive them off with your own power and your great prowess that we're supposed to be so in awe of, but we've heard it all before. Frankly, we had help from the children of Emmerin themselves, who dwell in the valley outside of this uh, You You citadel. think you prosper here hiding in this hole, but your people are diminished. Even from a hundred years ago, this place is less glamorous. Your people are shrinking, not growing. Okay, let's do this in order. Um, you want to make that intimidate or diplomacy? I want to make that diplomacy. Okay, because like he's like I'm an elf. Like mm-hmm. I've I've seen your past. <sighs> Burn it. Yeah. Good lord. Ooh. Okay, that's twenty-one. Okay. Um, go ahead and Father Becker, give me your next one. You did a fair amount of. Eh, not terrible, not terrible. Um, give me a second. Uh, bu- 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 28. So, you know, as, you, as you're speaking, again, you see more dwarves uh, kind of changing their demeanor and talking and a lot to discuss. Um, even to the point where she is now turning around and listening and kind of looking and that smug, assured look on her face is kind of fading away. Um, and she turns to you almost, almost disrespectfully. And says, "You, you've spoken, as you, you, as you've spoken. Leave it, leave us be. Now we must, we must discuss this among ourselves. You can, and you can tell that she's a little unnerved by this as, as she turns around, and you can see her continuing to plead her case to many of the dwarfs as there's now new conversations happening. Huh. So you don't know if you're hundred percent successful, but you definitely got them thinking and talking. Made an impression. Yep. Why don't we go back to the." Um... <clears throat> To their to the priestess and uh, see if she has a recommendation of someone else we might talk to. She says another one of the holdouts is, is over that direction. She points another place across the room. Uh, okay. That's that's the Nolan Cragfinger. He's the patriarch patriarch of the Cragfinger clan. He's ancient. <laughs> He's a shrewd businessman and skeptic. They are money counters from way back. And honestly, I don't think they believe you are who you say you are. He's difficult to lie to. And not easy to convince, but many listen to his word. I just think talk about trade opportunities. I mean, yeah, we can like talk about that. Also, like if he's like doesn't believe you, just shake the fucking house. Uh, difficult to lie to and difficult to convince. He he doesn't listen to the truth or lies. Fascinating fellow. So I'm wondering is <clears throat> wondering if it's uh, <laughs> might be worth it at some point to uh, pull out a bag of diamonds and say. 
the bounty this is the bounty of Imran. Yeah. Um, and there there's more like it for people who um, who follow his path. Yeah. There's the old saying, the deaf man will never hear anything, but he'll see it all. I'm, hold on, wrap my brain around that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I dig it. Okay. Rise like pulls the sword out a little bit, like kill him. Am I supposed to? No. no. <laughs> okay. So what? what? <laughs> Blind him. He, that was Tolowan Craigfinger? Uh, his name is uh, Thurnolan. 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 T-H-O-R-O-L-I-N. Name's Christopher Nolan. Oh, God. If you don't do what we say, I'm going to say over and over and over till you go mad. Whatever it takes. Me. Me. Okay. All right, so we'll head over. Yep. Uh, greetings, Clan Craigfinger. We seek your patriarch, Thurnolan. Thern- and a couple of them point to him, and indeed, this very ancient-looking dwarf uh, kind of turns and, and looks at you and gives you a very odd, skeptical look. Mm-hmm. Uh, appraising us, huh? Looking us up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? What are you staring at, see? Greetings, patriarch of Clan Craigfinger. Uh, you honor us with your presence this day. May we talk to you? We bring... We bring bad tidings, but also an opportunity for glory and riches. So there's this like odd moment where he, he obviously goes very slowly and he pulls something out and puts a, a pair of spectacles on his face. And you see these spectacles have a number of different lenses. And he literally does like, like the click, click, mm-hmm. some lenses pop into place, it click, click, lenses about as he's just kind of looking you all over. He does this several times as different ones pop down into place and he, he gives you of these long drawn out looks it's a magic animal, it? and then finally he you know he pulls most of them up and you can see that more of a clear set of lenses obviously some sort of corrective lens though and um he slowly says you may speak <clears throat> we know your clan is shrewd and um we know your Not clan <clears throat> <laughs> There's weird gesturing going yeah. on in this. <laughs> Roddy, Roddy was slowly drawing the sword. And it was just like, no, not yet. <laughs> we know your clan um, has a deserved reputation for being neither fools nor uh, fools yeah, for not being fools. And I assure you that everything we tell you today is the truth, and we can back up what we say. There is a dark tide of evil rising. Um, the, the reason that your people went into isolation so that you could prepare for a moment in the future, that time is now. It has come. Uh, dark armies are rising across the land. Armies of demons. Armies of um, evil creatures. Uh, armies of cultists. Um, <clears throat> and they have made their presence known even as far as here. We just fought a battle against the uh, a horde of demons who arrived in the valley, the sacred valley to Emerin outside uh, of your mountain. And only with the help of the children of Emerin were we able to repel some of them. And we need your help today. I tell you this, uh, if, you, if, if you meet your, your ancient obligations, um, you will have opportunities to engage these folks in battle, or these evil in battle, and, and regain many treasures and open up trade opportunities all over the world. Trade that arguably must have been diminished by your choice to go into isolation. The bounties of those who help in the path of good, the path of Imran, uh, are, are many. We gained these just just uh, uh, earlier today and open up the bag and show our 
wealth of gems. And indeed, he stops and flips his spectacles around a couple of times. He kind of cranes his neck in, but doesn't actually step closer. And as he does, you realize that, like, He's probably old and infirm enough that movement, is, you know, he, he has a hard time moving around. But he, he does, he he click, 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 right. um, and then leans back. Riley takes one out of the father's hand and, like, brings it forward. And not only lets him look at it, but the others. And was like, now I know everything here seems doom and gloom. But just a short trip over the water is an entire continent. Almost empty. And you see actually a couple of the other dwarves pull out, like, little monocles. Yeah. And they kind of look your direction through the monocle. Right. I say this as the last living survivor, the last veteran of the Ferradin Wars. The entire continent of Ferradin, save for two locations, is empty of humanoid life. And the Devonshire Mountains to the west of Ferradin, completely unclaimed. There are riches there for dwarves who'd be willing to hard work and could help win the day. This uh, citadel, while great, well, there could be another and a new kingdom for the dwarves in Faradin. Uh So let's start with, let's do uh, Father Becker's diplomacy check. I'm, assuming, what, I'm just going to like make that an attempt to uh, I think yeah, should. assist. Yeah, yeah. I, that was a good speech. Uh, I assist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, oh, maybe not? I, I, no, you did your own. Let okay. Me, yeah, I, uh, I, seem to recall. I got a 23. Uh, okay. Mine's only an 18. Uh, interestingly enough, you feel like Roddy's plea yeah. was more influential. Mm-hmm. Like people were listening to you, but when he started to speak, you saw quite a few of them. They were very interested in these gemstones. Um, and not just the stones themselves, but the opportunity that it brings. So there, there's quite a bit of hubbub. And Roddy would know, like, yeah, there were mines here. And there were mines here back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know what? They're still there. Those mines sit, sit empty. Sit empty. You know, you know what? Also, this place is known for its exquisite craftsmanship. Uh, people that are able to make um, the finest of arms and armor. I, I also tell them of the buried city of Oakcrest. Where in a day its entire riches were buried. Yeah, uh, better to dig things out than dwarf. Give me another roll. Twenty-eight. Ooh, Ooh. nice rolls, man. Nice job. Yeah, like that one, they're really, you know, even more so than the mines. Yeah. Oddly enough, the the idea that they they're going, would be able to excavate an entire city, mm-hmm. like a number of them. Uh, you know, you see them even like literally a couple of them stop to d- yeah. talk to each other. Mm. Um, and and does not the ancient enemy of Faradin owe your people these riches? Give, give me another check. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm just roll with it, man. Twenty-five. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, nice roll. The, the, nice roll. The idea that you said, oh, like yeah. these are money lenders and money mm-hmm. keepers, and these are essentially a lot of businessmen and accountants. So when you basically said that the ledgers aren't balanced and yeah. they do, like for a lot of them, you see a lot of them nod. They're like, yes, we are owed. We are due. Uh, the, you know, for them, this has been a sacrifice. Um, so you, you really feel like there's a lot. One more thing I will add. I am Lord of the Red Sand Shores. <laughs> I have proper claim to a large beachhead and what's left of a, a city. We could use... We could ally together, recreate a port for dwarves to use for trade. The network is there. With a little bit of work, riches could flow once again for the dwarven people. And I'm not, not going to roll on that. I'm yeah, just no, like, that was just add-on. You, you you had enough anyway. Um, so yeah, these there's definitely a lot to talk about here. Um, to the point where they're almost ignoring you now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see like levels of excitement you didn't expect out of them. Um, so... Yeah, you, you definitely think you've you've 
I just look over and hate them. Diggy, diggy hole. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta speak dirt merchant. Dirt merchant. <laughs> Uh, so I assume you head over to Adrilla, and yep. she she seems very pleased. She says, I knew your presence. Uh, I'd hoped it would be a catalyst. I knew it would be be surprising, but I, I, I'd hoped it would have this effect. But there is still one more we must convince. So it points off to another uh, group of dwarves and said, that is that is a Greylock Hardsmith. It's Patriarch of the Hardsmith clan. They build and maintain our great forges here. They are followed by many of the smithing clans. They trust in strength of their defenses. They believe it's best to wait until the battle arrives at our doors and watch them break against our defenses. Shows of force are what they they understand. Strength above all. Guys, do you think this is an opportunity for me to do a little shake, rattle, and roll? If not, I'll like beat I'll beat on whoever their champ is. <laughs> Call them out for one on one battle. Trial which, of possession. Which of you bitches uh, wants to fight an elf? Actually, and, and I, maybe something other than diplomacy. I uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I wonder if this is an opportunity for intimidate, which isn't me, but I'm looking at, at you people. Um, you if, people. Yeah, you know what I mean. The lesser <laughs> races. People. The mud races. Come on, fucking guys. human trash. Um, yeah, please get that out. I <laughs> 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 don't want to even. The human about just said Nazi to the other right. human. The uh-huh. mud races. Um, <laughs> But what I'm saying is, uh, actually, you know, and I've got a legitimate uh, question, uh, primarily, I guess, for Asherian, but maybe partly to Roddy, too. Um, how well is this place defended, um, you know, in, in terms of your, your assessment of this? Of the, I mean, obviously, yeah. there's big for, doors. Four dudes just walked in like it was no big deal. <laughs> well, their primary entrance well, is going to be those, those giant metal doors, which would require a lot of force to move. Or something magical to happen to them. So against normal standard forces, you guys would know that this place is extraordinary and nigh impossible to even consider. Like honestly, the best route would be to somehow try to force your way through this magical door that you guys were able to get through after going through the valley full of dinosaurs that yeah. would probably defend that way as well. So like normal forces, you're like this would be just a nightmare to even consider. However, the scale of things you guys are looking at, you don't know what demons or godlike creatures, you, you you just don't know that these defenses, I mean, you know there's a lot of magic in these defenses, but you, you when you look at that scale and you say these are these are built for, uh, you know, mundane uh, style armies and defenses and, and what you're used to, once you get to that scale, it, it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Well, during the Faradon War, uh, it was a major ploy by the Rencian army to actually try to teleport ranger uh, divisions behind enemy lines before they staged the first naval landing. A similar tactic could be used against these. All we need, all they would need to know is how to cast teleport groups of soldiers, and they just need to at least get a glimpse of the inside. Can of the I city. get a knowledge arcana? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. get ready for this, because, um, hello. Uh, 22. Um... Yeah, you you know this place is magically protected. You're not entirely certain that you could or could not teleport in here. You you think it's one of those where maybe somebody powerful enough could, but the average person isn't just going to pop a teleport and bring him in. But they just need one crack. Well, fair enough. But I, I mean, if you get a, a strong enough demon who has teleport and, and dimension door as an innate ability, but that Baylor we just fought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, but you. Uh, oh, that's the problem on that power scale. Yes. But the average wizard or something isn't just going to pop in with some forces. That's mm-hmm. the problem. But if you, they're they're well defended against normal things, but but if you get one guy who could pop in and then somehow open mm-hmm. those doors, that's it, or bring down the magical defenses with something. 
Um, so how about we go over and um, um, I'll go and introduce and I'll just say, here are the words of my companions. And then walk over and punch the first one you see. Just haymaker. (laughs) So I'll walk over there and go, who among you is Greylock Hartsmith? And and a surprisingly large dwarf turns around. Uh, you know, he really is taller than you expected, but just so broad. I mean, this is a guy whose arms and shoulders are huge from swinging hammers and and labor. And he's not as old as some of the others, but he's definitely not young either. You know, he's kind of that you know older middle aged kind of kind of dwarf. But he he looks like he could just lift large boulders and throw them himself. Uh, me, who wishes to speak? I wish to speak to you. Yeah. Sorry. Me. Sorry. For I am Father Becker. I am Avatar of Emerin, Primal God of the Earth. And I bring you news today that could help you avoid the downfall of your entire clan. Hear hear the words of my warrior companions. He's not talking about me. Go. (laughs) Hear the scholar. (laughs) Uh, God dang. I literally just forgot this guy's name. Uh, his name is Graldock. Graldock. Oh, I Gray, said, Graylock. I said Graylock. Yeah, Graylock. You, Graylock. I'm assuming you got it right. You didn't fuck up. Sorry, okay. Misheard. So, Graldock, I come to you as an, a captain from the Orincian army, fighting in Estrella during the civil war that they've recently gone through. And Sherry pulls out his mask and sets it down in front of him. And surprisingly, you see some nods of recognition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that the decision to close the city off to protect your people is not an easy decision. And it was not one that was made lightly. And I know that many of time in my career I had to make choices like that as well. And I know as well, both of us made those decisions because of fear. We were, we were afraid that we wouldn't be strong enough to be able to protect what we had if we didn't close everything off. I know I've lost many, many a soldier. I've lost the family I once had because I wasn't strong enough because I was afraid. I'm not asking you to do this lightly. But your family is a part of your clan. That is an important decision. And your people are strong. But what we have fought before, and what we have fought just recently, earlier this day, and what we may even fight later tomorrow, the next week, the week after that, and months to come, whenever this timer is just ticking down. During the Faradon War, Orincian soldiers, the Ranger Corps of Khan Liso, as powerful as they were, they were teleported behind Faradon lines before the breachhead was formed. Many of your people may have been old enough to remember those days, but the stories may be passed down. I warn you because that same thing could happen here. We have fought demons, ma- magical spellcasters who are powerful enough. They only need a few to get behind. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming you're going to make this an intimidate check. Yeah. Can uh, I can I go like get in on that too? Yeah. Just, um. Go ahead and do your thing, and then we'll do the rolls out. Um. My name is Roddy, last veteran of the Ferriden Wars. 
I am just an elf with a sword. And not 20 minutes ago, I just walked in here. Um, okay, so let's, uh, let's actually, we'll do it in reverse order. Uh, give me Roddy's intimidate check. This is not going to do anything, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a... My name <laughs> is Roddy. Okay, uh, sure he sure just like shows me out of the way. Like, give me your intimidate <laughs> check, um, and then actually, before do do the warfare, uh, warfare lore check first, and then intimidate check. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a 30 on Warfare Lord. All right. Ooh, and give yeah. me the Intimidate. Oh, come on. Yeah, yes. Uh, so what that is, is going 19? to be 19. Ooh. Nice. Uh, be 36 <laughs> on Intimidate. <laughs> so with Hell the Warfare yeah. Lore, like you used your best judgment as to like try to figure out what tactics they're concerned about. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously they've thought about their defenses. And when you do that, you start to think about then what are our vulnerabilities. So that's where you were kind of going. You're like, okay, what do I think their vulnerabilities and what do I think they think their vulnerabilities are? So you're really able to to play that up um, to the point where like you think you got it so dead on that you see on the eyes of many of the dwarves that those were exactly the things they were concerned about. Like you hit it, you hit the nail on the head. They're like, that that's exactly what we're worried about. Mm-hmm. And it, it concerns them that, that the first thing you thought of were the things that they like, well, that's, that's where we're weak, that's where we're vulnerable. Be not mistaken. These forces are almost at your door. As my friends indicated, there was an army of demons that were fought just in the valley outside of your mountain. And if it weren't for the help of the children of Emerin, we would not have survived. We would not have been able to turn some of them away. Cultists, demons, fell creatures. Um, the forces of evil are gathering, and they will be here soon. Uh, go ahead and make that a diplomacy check. Yeah, do you think a diplomacy is useful in this circumstance? Um, I, which were you intending that to be? I mean, I'm going to try diplomacy. It may not help as much, but I just don't have the intimidation to make yeah, it worth I mean, that's fine. It. We can so, call it. Um, eh, 21. Um, eh, eh. It, seems a, it seems a little low. Keep rolling ass. Um, so you, you feel like maybe you could do a little more convincing here. If I may, but what, what makes a warrior strong? And like you literally see several of them bristle and like, you know, a couple of them actually flex their muscles. And... Oh, yeah. Are you a stronger are you stronger alone? Stronger as a as a lone fighter on the field or with a shield uh you know, a shield companion next to you? With your brethren fighting side by side with you. Are you making that uh diplomacy? Well, I'm asking them. Um Well, I mean it's kind of a collective group. Um, so you get some nods. They they kind of understand where you're going with it, but they're still looking at you. Like they're, they're waiting for the next thing. I see around me all of you are well armed and well armored. Some of the finest craftsmanship I've seen. But let me tell you, as a young man, on Faradin, they had the strongest shields. They had the strongest armor. Our ships were the finest craftsmanship, and their weapons were crafted second to none. And when a hundred thousand people died when the negative waves of energy came, it didn't matter. So the only way for your arms and your armor to matter are to fight while you can. And as one dwarf is stronger with his brother next to him, so then maybe all dwarves are stronger with uh, other nations and other races. 
standing by them, and now I want to make the check. Yeah, go ahead and make the check, and, and Roddy can make one there as well. Can I add a bit of support to that, just as an as a attempt to uh, sure. assist? Because what I would like to say is, um, and you know who you speak to today, you speak to the hunter himself, scourge of demons everywhere. <laughs> dino rider. <laughs> a, a dino rider. A man of war. And that and was it. You can, as he said, you can fight in the dark by yourselves. Goddamn. Fight outside in the light with brethren all over the world. Was it 27 was my role. Wow, shit. Ooh. Okay, just do uh, that. Well, yeah. or I yeah, could make just, that yeah, a, you just do that. Or I could make that a, a 34 diplomacy. Um, yeah, you guys definitely think your efforts have had a dramatic impact here. You see, once again, lots of nods and lots of speaking. And, and this is a little more exuberant. Like, some of these people are like, let's go to war. They're, they're ready. Yeah, they're ready to go to war. Like, they're wanting to go grab their shields and their axe right now and... and and uh, you know, almost. So you you feel like you've definitely made it. Okay, big great. Impact. Follow me. Yeah. <laughs> go load up the ship. Uh, you go to uh, go to the, where the men speak Italian, and then go where they don't. <laughs> it's uh, the port's called Hallback. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys make your way back to Adrilla, and she does seem pleased. She says, "I feel that maybe you've lit the embers that will will create a great heat under the forge that is Nagast." All fires need tending, ma'am, and we're not going to be able to do it. We should be able to convince them. I've I've called a meeting of the elders, and and uh, many will attend. It should be enough. Hopefully, we can reopen the doors. But I sense sense great urgency with you. Yes, we we need to leave as soon as we can. There are the the time that we have taken to come here. Evil is still afoot in the world, and we have other tasks we must accomplish. Three of them, as a matter of fact. I have convinced the others to open the doors for a short time to let you out. You must convince them to leave them that way. That is indeed my plan. Hopefully within the next few days, we will we will begin to open ourselves again. Tell me, does the city, is it still there? Which Our which, friends by the sea, Helmsforth. Helmsforth's still there. It is diminished, but it is there. Much diminished. They could be made great again with the assistance, as could the world. The world needs the dwarves. Um, and we'll go ahead and assume here for a moment that you do a little info dump on the, the mm-hmm. status of the outside world, because they, they do ask, but we don't need to go through. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll all tell them that. all about Faradin, what's going on, and the demon. I mean... Mm-hmm. Um, so she she says, well, then, then if you must leave, you must. But... The dwarves, I'll convince them to be along. We have many logistical problems to overcome. Hopefully we can find ships that will carry us, but for now I must convince them that we need to leave the doors open and it's time for the dwarves to emerge. And we must send word to the other the other dwarvish cities that it's time to do the same. Emissaries must go about. I, we will see what we can do to solve that problem for you. Um, and indeed, like you are, you're led to the front doors, and it, there's quite the to do about opening the doors. Uh, and many of the doors want to be there to see, like they mm-hmm. actually want to watch. Um, but the the mechanisms work uh, as well as they did, you know, back when they were open and closed regularly. They they function flawless, and with some cranking, and you hear some clanging, the doors open. And they don't come open all the way, but they come open, you crack. know, like, well, I mean, it, it's the, for a door this size, it's like a 10-foot crack. Yeah, sure. Enough for you to easy through, but there's nowhere near flung uh, wide open. And several of them nod uh, at you as, you, you know, you guys begin to walk through. We go boldly. Follow. And indeed, some of the doors look like they're about ready to. 
Um, you know, some of them are holding them back, not necessarily in a no, we're not going to, but we need to make preparations. Let's, you know, they're trying to keep them from just charging down to the sea and not being able to do anything. Maybe after the others have gone through, I'll pause just for a moment and, uh, with uh, next to her and uh, just to ask for, I would say, a word. Mm-hmm. And say, sure. um, you know, um, this uh, this role was not one that I sought. Um, I've, I've come to embrace it because I think it is important. But I feel you should know that your father's spirit is at peace. And also that you should know we all have roles to play in this. And I sense that yours could be maybe even more important than my own. Because ultimately, though we've spoken today, it will be up to you to rally and lead these dwarves. And they could make all the difference in the fight that's to come. And so I, I thank you for what I know that you will do. And she kind of nods. She says, I believe my father would say, the world is how it is, not how we want it to be. We must learn to follow the rock, to follow the veins, and not force it. And with that, actually, about that moment, like another dwarf comes walking up to her and hands her a warhammer and puts it in her hands as though she'd requested it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you can tell that this has been kept well, uh, but it's, you know, it's freshly oiled. This looks like a family heirloom type of thing that had been tucked away for a long time. But on the, the side of the, the heads of the Warhammer, you see your symbol of Emran. has been, <laughs> been awesome. etched, etched into it. That- and she kind of grasps it and, and, and smiles. And she says, we will do what we must. The world must be what it should be. Mm. Wield that well. Um, and with that, you guys can just walk out. A couple of doors kind of follow you out onto what uh, what would they call the doorstep, which is actually yeah. a very large mm-hmm. platform in the stairs going down. Uh, interestingly enough, sitting down kind of by himself underneath a little bit of shade at the bottom of it is your old pal Forrester. I don't know, Kevin. The, the, the paladin. Well, this is kind of his thing. He would just go up there and camp. Because up above the doors, there are actually like guard posts and yeah. windows. And he had been, he'd gotten to the point where he was actually you know, communicating, but nobody was coming out. So he, you know, he obviously the doors the doors open up, and he stood up in awe. And then the four of you come walking out, and he has this extremely confused look on his face. Hmm. I, 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 I don't, I don't know hey. what to say. Penny for your thoughts, and then a quarter for you to not tell them to me right now. <laughs> he, he just. He, he, he doesn't know what to say. He really is just completely taken aback. That's the paladin of Halandra, right? Uh, the paladin of Tardis, yeah. The, Tardis, one, that, no, the one that was, um, yeah, he was assigned here to try to create some dialogue with the dwarves. Well, and then you guys uh, just walk out. They haven't uh, haven't let you in yet, huh? He looks and he says, where did you go? You? I'm an asshole. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, biggest dick. Swinging your dick around. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah he's still out here, huh? He's like, you just disappeared, and you... How did you get inside? How did you... Well, we walked in. It's a long story, and we tend to hop around. Uh, but, the blessings of Emeryn. Let me ask you, Forrester, why are you here? Why has Tardis put you here? To convince the dwarves that it's time. It's time for them to emerge. All right, well, we're past that stage now. In the coming days, if they agree to come out, you are going to need to be the liaison. We cannot stay. So that, that was my appointed purpose. You're, then your job will be to be here and to get this to work. To find boats. He says, I must... And he, he kind of does the little gesture. He goes, I, 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 tip my, I tip my helmet to you, gentlemen. I've been at this for some time now, and you accomplished... In but days, 
We had help. In like a hundred years? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It took us a hundred years to do this. God, we guys are really slow about this. It's, we've taken, it's taken us a hundred years to do stuff twice now. Well, it works out. We're like, man, we need a long time. We'll just go a hundred years in the past. And that should give us the time we need. <laughs> yeah. um, and indeed, he kind of gives gives you guys a, a deferent gesture and, and a nod of thanks, and then walks up to the dwarves and begins to to speak. Oh, yeah, great! I mean, if we have the opportunity later or something, if he, I mean, fuck that NPC. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, but he's been he's been good to us, and I mean, yeah, he, not, I would I would, I would in a quiet moment I would tell him what we've happened. been better to him. He's, He's not dumb. Like he's he understands. He doesn't know what happened, but he's like he knows this is the opportunity. So he's just going to just go on with okay. his mission. Yeah, he's not an idiot. I mean, he's he's yeah. a, a bit of a paladin, uh, you know, about things at times. But like he's not dumb. If, but if if he lives by faith, it was just rewarded. So now it's mm -hmm. his time to step up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's like he's confused, doesn't completely understand it, but he's running with it. He just, welcome, like, welcome to religion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying, yeah, like, because he had treated us badly whenever we were in port or anything. So. Um, and actually, there was a moment where, as you're walking away, a couple of dwarves run up to uh, out to Father Becker. And you see Adrilla has stepped back out. And she's like, a, a word, Father. Oh, oh, of course. If you're, not, if you're not doing anything later, where you hit the hey. I apologize for the suddenness of this, but it's just come to my attention we have a problem that uh, you guys should be able to solve for us. Oh, what is that? I see. There's a, a <laughs> another right, temple right. of Imran yes. inside our halls. It's oh. been closed off for uh, a long time, but some of our relics are there, including our great battle standards. But unfortunately, well, we've lost the ability to enter, but we feel someone of your connection, Imran, should be able to open the locks and find their way in. So... <laughs> If the four of you, I know your, I know your time is urgent, but if you should, if if you would help us with this, I believe the reemergence of the battle standards flying before these halls would would be more than enough to rally the dwarves. Um, that, I don't know. that was mine. I, think. Uh, um, I was for, for the crowd back home. I was getting the uh, uh, invasion of the body snatchers, uh, you know, scream and stare uh, from all my companions. Yeah. Um, I, Madam, I can assure you that um, though our need for haste is urgent um this is well worth our time please show me to the temple and uh she will start to lead actually she'll give you a moment she's like let me uh give us give us a few moments and while this is going on you step outside into the sunlight you know it's been some time now and you know Hatham, before your connection with ground ganak you know you know you know where he is you you know that he has flown uh to the northern mountains in Faradon, uh where he has some sort of an abode and he's gone back there. He's now weakened, and he's go going there to try to uh, basically rest and heal. And you know, you know exactly. Like you, you were like, I, I could draw it on a map if I needed to. Maybe not all the surroundings, but you know where he's at. You can just feel it, sense him. You are and, blooded. You know. And you actually feel that like he's not alone. There are some other demons there. Wait. So if you have the ability to track demons, can you like partially track me? No. 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 <laughs> Like, um, you should be able to, like, track half of me. You don't know how good your ability on this can get, but you definitely know that you're sensing more than you did before. It's almost like you have this little cerebro thing, but you're not able to dial it in yet. For whatever well, reason, Gronganok is the, one of the brighter well, lights. Yeah, he's the see. brightest candle. Yeah. So it should be, e it's easier to track him. Yeah, right. Gronganok is, like, way up here. Yeah. Like, he's the sun, and uh, you're, like, 
I'm just like somebody with like a just like, a tiny little candle. bit of candle yeah, just a tiny little light. Not that good at it yet, but I know I can tell Gongrak is uh he's back on Feridan. Mm. That guy's he's, fast. I, he's very fast, and he's gathering his forces. Great. Well, not like we didn't expect this. Another another mess that I've. I don't know. So, what are the four of you gonna do? You've got um, you have several things you need to get accomplished in a short period of time. Um, so Haytham like, Haytham kind of like thinks like looks down for a second. He's like, that's just another mess that I've. That's a mess that I've made. I can't help but not blame myself, Roddy. There's no, there's no squaring it without me, without me tracking that bastard down and making it right. Because all of you are going to be in danger. And Becker, I know you're, I know this temple is probably important, but I can't help but feel as if I must, as if I must pursue this. I wouldn't blame you at all, and I, I hope you would understand that, um, I need to try to help them with the temple, not, not just because it it helps in terms of worship of Emeryn and his reemergence in the world, but if, if carrying those battle standards helps inspire the dwarves, then we need them as, as a benefit for our allies. And also, uh, Asherian and Roddy. Now, Roddy, you are feeling that return to the sea, uh, but Asherian, you start to feel a pull somewhere as well. It's far off, but like nowhere before, you feel there's something drawing you in that direction. Sharon just has that moment where, like, it, it gets that weird feeling, and then you see like the the rush, the like a rustle of wind, and like just a few leaves just kind of pull off, and Sharon just kind of stares off in the direction they were going. Is one of your friends gonna go stand and try to kill us right now? Like Roddy, like looks like down the path, like it's a good hike to the sea, but like you can see it from where he's at, and he kneels down in the dirt and like digs like a little bowl in the dirt. And takes his canteen out and pours the seawater onto the ground, and it's it's enough there to have like a little puddle, and like he just kind of like sticks his hand in it. And you realize like as you're doing this, yeah, like you didn't want to do it, you had to do it. Yeah, that that, that calling that came to you became very strong and very sudden. Like you felt the urge, like I need to touch the water right now. And as you do it, your vision it does that little swim like in the darkness where it changes and you realize that you are now in the water. You feel yourself in the water and you're swimming, you're rushing, you're going extremely fast and you begin to sense something strange. You, you sense pain, you sense uh, violence. And finally you see yourself in a section of the ocean. You, you know you're far off. You know this is way, uh, in a long way from where you actually are, but you sense it, you feel it. And you are in the ocean looking up. You can see the light of the surface. And you see shapes. And it doesn't take you long to realize that these are ships. And it doesn't take you long to realize that this is a battle. There are three ships being surrounded by many. Nine other ships. And you can see the maneuvers. You, you have enough knowledge that you realize the maneuvering. And these three ships are doing their best to defend. But this battle is not going well and you realize that those ships are calling to you the three in the middle were calling mm -hmm. to you and that's what you felt and that's what you heard and you have this moment where you know you're a long way away and you don't know what you can do and you know you have that sense like you're focused on something and you realize there's somebody right behind you yeah and you turn around and there isn't somebody right behind you there is some thing right behind you floating in the water is 
probably the biggest creature you've ever even imagined in your life. You are face to face, nose to nose, eyeball to eyeball with what can only be described as the, the biggest kraken you have ever heard of. He looks right at you. Why have my slumber been awakened? Because it's time to be unleashed. They call. Do I go? Go. The avatar will be behind you. And he, he gives you this knowing look and he looks back up and there's the, the moment where the water just rushes as, he, as this giant kraken shoots forward towards the surface and you feel yourself being pulled back. Uh, and you know, after a few moments, you are back looking at your yeah. little puddle with your hands in the water. Like, then Roddy like pulls his hand out and looks up at Hatham and is like, "This is this is it. We've got to we've got to go our separate ways, don't we?" I hate to say it, but I think we've all I think we've all got to make the best use of the time we have. And he like looks over to Jirian like what did, what what do you feel? I don't want to do this. I have abandoned family before and I'm not doing it again. You're not you're not running away from us, Jirian. You're not abandoning us unless you don't come back. You're heading to where we need you to be. We'll we'll meet up at uh, the agreed upon place, wherever. Um like and based off what Roddy feels like, and I, I bet it's back at like the most central location. I'm thinking is the pact. Well, let me mm -hmm. give you a quick little breakdown. Yeah, I've got the map out here. Um, so Haytham, Gronganok is here somewhere in this area, right? You know, as you get closer, you're able to narrow that down. But on a, on a big map, he is somewhere in this mountain range. Roddy, you know, you need to be somewhere here. So you're looking at both, this is mm -hmm. a mountain range in Faradon, and then you're looking at that sunken version of the mountain range yep. out on the side of Faradon. So where you guys need to go is fairly close together, relatively, geographically speaking. Yeah. Father Becker, you know, because um, you guys are actually in this mountain range here in Nimpash, so mm -hmm. you're not actually that far. That, you know, you, you're, where it's close by where you need to be. Yep. Asherian, where you need to go is over here into the, um, into the range of this, sorry, into the land of Atresh, which is mm -hmm. in the continent of Ilamar. So you have the furthest to go, but you know you're being pulled to this direction somewhere. So is it just Port Halbeck? Uh, it's, ah, uh, fuck, man, that's a long way for him, though. I mean, he's got a, I mean, in terms of all of us, in terms of getting past, it's it's a place we, support, point to Port, Port Halbeck on the map? Uh, I'm just saying it's a place we know, it's a place we may need to check the status of. Before we go to the next step. Storyline wise, yeah. Holbeck works for anything. Don't yeah. worry about the distance for him. That'll get covered in his story arc. Right. Yeah, because you gonna fly. It's where we have then, allies and where we may need to protect. Then when we all get it done, it's Holbeck. It's always been Holbeck. Makes sense. Um let's uh let's get down to the shoal, see what we can provide. I think uh if you two need the sh I mean, three of us are heading back to Faradin. Um but if, if there's a ship that needs to be taken, Sherry, and you should take the broken lance. I'll figure something else out. Okay. Uh, conveniently, when you get back down there, you will find that there is a second ship uh, that has arrived. Uh, they they had to put in here for supplies a little unexpectedly, mm -hmm. but uh, oddly fortuitously. And uh, you notice it's it's a fairly fast ship. 
you wonder if maybe they wouldn't be willing to uh, take a Sherian where he needs to go. Yeah, I mean, like we'll we'll quickly be like, where, what's your protocol after this? Um, and they say, well, we uh, we come from Ilumar, so we're on our way back there soon. Are you gonna go buy a trash? It's not far out of the way. Uh, would you be willing to take a passenger on? And they look for a fee. Yeah, it was, well, yeah. I mean, anyway, I mean, it, we'll just, just like, we'll, yeah, we pay we'll, it off. Yeah, huge diamond. Yeah, we'll mm -hmm. hand wave that away. It's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing crazy. Um, but yes, we will. We'll take on the passenger. Ash, mm -hmm. like, and then, like he walks up and like, like they do like the '80s like progress. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you get to hell first, save me a spot. I will. You know, um, this doesn't. Uh, this shouldn't be seen as a as a bad thing. We're going on an adventure, gentlemen, and I, I feel that Emmerin has, has seen that we will we'll come back together again. We'll, we'll be back in Port Albeck, and then we'll give we'll give old uh, um, Gilgamark what for, eh? I'm not going to worry about it, because if we don't, the world ends, so... Oh, yeah, we won't be around to worry about it. What's, it's the, not, it's what's not the stress? An, yeah, it's when we get back. That's right. Easy. I'm, All I've got to do is re-bless a temple or something. I'll, I'll, I'll check on your house. You mind if I stay there? Because I'll probably get there first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how hard can it be to bless? wait? Uh -oh. <laughs> a little blessing on a temple and so forth. Uh, odds are good you won't get there first. No, you think so? After all, mm -hmm. I am the avatar of the ocean. Oh, okay. So I was going to check it out. I was going to check on your succubus friend, make sure she's <laughs> doing okay. I bet you were. And then uh, for you, I guess I'll get drunk. I'm not certain. I Flada, like I know we ain't always seen eye to eye, but like they like grasp your hand, like. Mm -hmm. You've been a good foundation for us. <clears throat> um, I appreciate your companionship, brother. Give him hell. Not only that, good luck. I look forward to uh, meeting the uh, the next fully vested avatar of Raja. Maybe I got someone you can meet then. Um, oh, good. I always enjoy meeting new people. Yeah. People. Yeah. Yes. Come on, hey. We got, we got a little bit more to go. Professor? Because, I mean, we're going to take the boat back to Ferriton, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the two of you can ride together a little bit. Hey, how am I going to get back? <laughs> Good question. The, the sea will provide. Oh. That's, um... Wait, what? <laughs> it, look, there's some driftwood. <laughs> Goodbye, Father. Have fun. I'm sure the currents will take you there, eventually. The sea's been known to be kind of... Actually, it's a lot more convenient avatar. if you just die... Uh, and the new avatar's already there. Appears. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be a cobalt. <laughs> It'll be a cobalt of, of, uh, of Salt of the Cobalt of the earth. That's right. Come on, hey, let's go down to the Broken Lands. I think I got a few more tricks I can teach you on the way. I would appreciate that. Professor, travel well. You as well, Father. We'll, Hunter. Yes. We'll see. The hunt begins, I suppose. Mm, yes. I hope, uh, hope I'm around for the next time you meet that fellow because um uh we've got a few more bruises we'd like to repay him for certainly i hope you hope you get your chance to get your licks in but uh i think the next time i see him will be after this boat ride so well if you see him before i see him um and you are able to take him out you do that I'll, it's okay if I never see him again. I'll get so. a good one in for you. Mm, Don't worry. Do. Title of you sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. All right. Well, <laughs> that's good. Let's leave. We're done. And we're done. Bye. It does look good like you guys have decided to split the party and go four different directions. So for now, we have an interesting future. I mean, yeah. that, that's a good gaming um, 
you know, you're always supposed to split the party. I think I got that right. Is yeah, that no, you I always split the party. Every that's time the you have wisdom, a chance. I believe. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I believe you're right there. So we're going to sort out what happens on the next episode of the Adventures of Vault Podcast, but it is an uncertain future.